For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands Of a God who never sleeps Fear not, little lamb For the kingdom belongs to his sheep in the hands of a God who never sleeps. Hey y'all, this conversation between me and Sam was just so good that it went a little longer than we had expected. So we decided to turn it into two episodes. But that means it ends kind of abruptly, so we're sorry about that. But we hope the discussion is encouraging to you and reminds you that you're not alone in your depression and anxiety. Enjoy! Hey, and welcome back to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. And I'm Sam. And this week we are talking about gentle parenting with depression and anxiety think this one will probably be pretty relatable, so hopefully it's helpful. So we will start with sharing some of our own personal experience. Uh, we've both experienced some depression and some anxiety, and so then from there we'll move into um, the things that we've found most helpful with coping and some of the best tips that we've had over the years. So um, really hope this one can be helpful for you guys. Yeah, so why don't we just start with your personal experience uh, and just tell us when depression started to manifest for you or the anxiety or both kind of often comes together, doesn't it? August 12th, 1991. No, just kidding. Um, Wait a second, you're younger than me. Were you born then? Yeah. Oh, that's your birthday. Oh my gosh. I was like, no, I thought you were, I thought you were like way younger though. I thought you were born in like 92 or 93. Oh no, 91. Oh, okay. Wow. Sorry about that. You're fine. <laughs> okay. So the day you were born. Okay. Yeah, I was born. Tell us about that. The muggy August night. No, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I actually always had anxiety as a child and it would hmm. go in these cycles and I can still see it coming up I can more easily um not avoid it but kind of work with it better but I would basically be okay for a really long time and then I would lose my ever-loving mind and my mom always talked about it as like you just had to get it out like you just had to have a meltdown and then you were okay and that is exactly how it kind of still is now um but I don't think she knew that it was anxiety and I mean kids are kids and I was her first and it was in the early 90s so I'm not sure how she would have known but just the progression of that throughout the years I was like ah let's see um starting to see a pattern here yeah there's definitely yeah it's definitely a pattern um and I, I don't think I really struggled with much depression outside of a few times when we moved um mm-hmm. my parents were military and there were times that we moved where I think I had I mean a pretty understandable depression because of the transition and starting over and being kind of lonely but um I always had anxiety and it got really severe when I was a teenager and then um and then after I had Weston and I 
think it really peaked after I had my second, after I had Poet. Um, like it was, it was just, it was manageable, I guess. And I mean, it could have been managed a lot better, but I was pretty functional and it got to the point where I wasn't as functional because mm. of the anxiety after Poet was born. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that was the transition of like getting married and um, some of the stuff that I had struggled with prior to that. And then having, going from one to two kids, because I think most people say one to two is the hardest and not for everybody, but it definitely was for me. Yeah. Um, and my health actually wasn't that great ever, but it got really bad coinciding with the anxiety getting really oh, okay. bad. So, so like on the topic of depression and anxiety, it's, I, there's no cut and dry line between like, oh, this is health related and this is mental health related. It kind of yeah. all together for me. So <laughs> Right. And I'm sure that, yeah, the physical health definitely adds to that, that the weight of the mental health issue as well. So for me, when I was a kid, same anxiety started when I was a kid and I didn't have any idea until actually like the last uh, maybe couple of years, maybe two or three wow. years. I didn't realize that that's what I was experiencing as a kid. Um, and it didn't manifest in like panic attacks or anxiety attacks. Um, actually, as far as I can remember, I've only had one actual real panic attack uh, as an adult. Um, but as a kid, I was pretty anxious, but particularly around like, new situations and being away from my parents and sleep as well. Yeah. Um, I would, as a like 12 year old, I can remember and in younger, like between probably the ages of like nine to 12. Um, I, when I would go to sleep at night, I could not go to sleep if I knew my parents were asleep. So if I'm going to sleep, so yeah, maybe it was around more like 11 or 12. And I'm going to sleep around maybe 10 o'clock at night, but my parents would go to sleep sooner or go into their bedroom sooner to like, you know, turn on the TV and kind of like fall asleep while they're watching TV or whatever. Um, if I knew that they had fallen asleep, I could not fall asleep. I would get physically nauseous. I would lay there about to throw up in my bed and have to like go and knock on their door and make sure that they were awake. Um, and I felt the same kind of, nauseating anxiety when I would go spend the night at friends houses or go anywhere new um, at night in particular and so to go on from there so anxiety started at that point and it was pretty bad for like a large portion of my childhood but then um, I guess I kind of I don't know if you ever grow out of it but it just wasn't as as big of a part of my high school like memories I guess but right mm -hmm. after high school I I didn't get into college like I had wanted to and like I had really I really thought I was going to um and I kind of spiraled uh and from there I just really was in a, a pretty deep depression for quite a few years I gained a ton of weight I was um doing things that I really shouldn't have been doing. We'll just leave it at that. And um, that was a really hard few years. I was going to say season, but that was like way longer than a season. A uh, few years of depression. And from that point, 
I've kind of flirted with depression ever since. I kind of, a lot of the time, feel like I'm right just on the verge of uh, a low period most of the time. And I've had various points of, of depression since then as well, like when I moved to the Netherlands, and that was that was rough. Transitions are definitely a pretty big factor, I think, in a lot of people's uh, depression stories and anxiety. I mean, it kind of really depends. I, I think I realized after I had after I had Isla, or when I was pregnant with Isla, that maybe I had had postpartum depression with mm. Weston and with Poet. And with Isla, <laughs> yeah, like, it sounds silly to be like every single time, but um, and I, I think like this last year, I realized I might actually kind of just have some depression, um, and it's way different than anything I felt growing up. So that's what differentiates it for me. Yeah, um, and well, I think a lot of it is is related to chronic illness, and I mean having having kids quickly and this whole adulting thing and everything. It's heavy. It's, yeah, it really is, and sometimes it's really just a sadness or a grief. So I think it can be hard to to pick that apart, especially as a Christian, especially yeah. with, like all the misinformation and just different information in the church too. Yeah, yeah, and the stuff that you kind of grow up believing in, like. So, very subtle ways about your emotions, but it, you can grow up in Christian culture, at least I did, kind of thinking like, yeah, emotions are bad and evil, and the way you think and the way that you feel is just always bad. So it's kind of like... Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I think that's that was the message that was given to me um, somewhat in the circles, but definitely at home. And my mom's mom had been, um, I think, manic depressive. But so I think my mom had to shoulder that burden a lot and work through it without much support. And so it was hard for her to have a child who was kind of emotional. Yeah. And that's how I've always been described in my family is, is being emotional and usually with a really negative connotation. Yeah. And so she didn't want me to be overtaken by my emotions or kind of sucking the air out of the house of my emotions or mm -hmm. like all of those things. But at the same time, her emotions just manifested very differently and yeah. enraged. So I think we played off of each other pretty badly, especially as I got to be a teenager because yeah. um, she just really didn't understand what the anxiety looked like for me. No. Um, and she, she understands a lot more now, which is why I feel comfortable discussing it. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 And, and she's faced some anxiety herself as well in the past few years. And I think it was eye opening for her. And, but you kind of look back, especially with the family stuff and you think like that really sucks that I went through that, but then what caused our parents yeah. to handle emotion and mental health the way that they did and what yeah. caused their parents. And it's really this, interconnected it is. <laughs> generational yeah. cycle. Kone and I were just talking about that the other night. We were kind of having a, you know, as we were winding down, we were in bed and just talking about pro just processing some relational things that had been going on. And I think, I think everyone can kind of identify that with that. Like when you think of your parents and you kind of are processing the way that you were, um, were hurt by them or the things that, you know, uh, weren't so positive about your upbringing. And then you go, it just, it ends up 
feeling just like a bunch of layers because it's then your mm-hmm. grandparents and you know why is my or why were my parents like that why are my parents like that why you know it goes back to their childhood and then you look at their parents and you start getting a little angry at their parents and then you're like well right. let's look at their you know and it's just uh it really does feel like when you're gentle parenting it's like you are pushing back this tide this overwhelming like flow of history this legacy that we all are like everybody is left with some sort you know some crack in the legacy you know that yeah. that gets passed down and stopping that is so hard so hard and especially because you're not only stopping these patterns but you're fighting in my case depression mostly yeah mostly it ends up being depression not so much anxiety anymore but they kind of coexist lovely together um (laughs) but you're you're trying to stop these patterns while dealing with the consequences of those patterns in your own life. Yeah. You know, and that is like in those consequences, the, the depression that manifests from traumas or from just, you know, what have you uh, can make that so, so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a great thing to have the break in the cycle. Um, Just like with any kind of generational ugliness or or just generational hurt that's happened yeah Um, but like being aware of it Mm. and aware of how your parenting is affecting your kids while you're processing how your parents parenting affected you and then you need to drag in like whether or not you're processing it with your parents or whether or not they're even around or whether they're pushing back I mean it's just it's a lot it's a lot to to take on parenthood and then have to deconstruct everything right. at the same time. And that's one of the things that I really want people, I want you guys that are listening to take away from this. Um, it, because it's been a really huge one for me. Uh, this stuff is so not easy. You know, and we can like talk, you know, having a podcast and like talking about gentle parenting. And we run a Facebook group and we kind of, you know, give advice and all that stuff that it can sound like, oh man, they've got it under control. You know, they're like, they've re- they're really on top of this, but it is difficult. It's hard for everybody. It's so important though, that we are working on this because I think when I see much of the trauma that has been passed down through generations in my own family and other families, it comes, so much of it comes from people who were, um, not very Mm self-aware and a lot of it comes from just this like really unexamined uh, life basically and not that they were it was completely unexamined in every single way I mean everybody has their own journey and journey of self-discovery but I think a lot of it just comes from this really really unconscious place within people and digging that up is so hard but it's so important I think probably the technological leaps that we've made and being connected with each other and having resources available at our fingers. I mean, like every resource you could think of, whether it's talking to someone, whether it's learning about therapy, whether it's reading studies, whether you're just talking to, or like you're kind of uncovering your family history online, which is what's happening. And with some of my family members, I mean, actually digging and finding 
family members that they didn't know existed and where wow. they came from and stuff. And there's like this past decade or two, I don't even know. It's so much different and it's mm-hmm. kind of like everything is so in your face. And so parenting is a huge part of that. Yeah. Well, no exactly. <laughs> well, that's okay. It, it, well, what you said actually, um, that just makes me think of, you know, how everything is interconnected and how you were saying that and how even just like, like my mom's generation, like just a generation back and then the generations before that, like how you were all basically, you know, if you're in a community and you're all being raised in a similar way and they're being raised in a similar way and you're Mm -hmm. all kind of in your small hometown and nobody really has any reason to question what's going on. You know, like I think back to me having anxiety as a child and how horrible that was for me to experience but like I didn't have any point of reference other than that this just is right you know I didn't have any until like just recently uh didn't have any concept that that was like odd or strange and so when you're existing like that with with pain or anxieties or depressions that like kind of are just in line with what's going on around you you know, there's, you don't have as much reason to question what you're experiencing. Yeah. It was actually when, um, because I was homeschooled for most of elementary years through middle school. And then I went to public high school and, um, and the meltdowns that I referenced earlier were basically anxiety attacks. And one of my children is prone to having actual anxiety attacks rather than, I don't want to say just meltdowns because those suck too, but, um, but I think there's a difference between having a tantrum and having an anxiety attack. But yeah. anyway, it was, um, it was a, a friend of mine in, uh, in some of my classes that I was explaining something to her and she was like, that sounds like panic attacks. And I was like, that sounds mm. like a what? Like I just had no, yeah. <laughs> I had no point of reference for anything. And then I think when I, I started looking it up and I was like, wait a second, this <gasps> isn't normal. Right. <laughs> this is an actual thing. I know, you know, it's interesting and not to out my mom or anything, but uh, we were just talking about something with her recently and she's, she's going through some stuff with her own parents, you know, they're getting older. Um, and so she's having to take care of them. and. I think probably there's a lot of unresolved issues there. And so taking care of them in their old age is kind of bringing a lot of emotions up for her. And she's been having, she's been waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety attacks. And I'm like, you know, trying to tell my mom, you've got to set some boundaries for yourself here because your, your health is suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's contributing to actual poor physical health as well. And it's just, not not great. So what was interesting when I was talking to my mom about it is this tendency to uh, to just rationalize what's going on, you know, like when she explains it, it's almost like she's explaining it in a way that like to downplay it, like as if yeah. it's not really a thing, you know, it's just like, this is just what is like, this is just what's happening. And it's not until I say, mom, like, this is really actually a bad thing you don't have to live like this and there are things you can do to help it that she she's like oh oh it is bad i'm allowed to say that this sucks i'm allowed to say like i need help i'm a lot you know and it's almost like before that point 
she doesn't she doesn't feel able to say that she needs help. And I that a lot with my illness related stuff is yeah. like, oh, it's just like this, it's just like this. And a lot of times it's my husband that's like, that's really bad. And then I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's kind of important in this process to allow ourselves to do that. You know, I call it my mom, but it's not just my mom. We, I think everybody has experience doing that. This rationalizing, this, you know, you're getting to bed really late, you're having insomnia, or you're waking up really early because your body just won't sleep long enough. And, or, you know, food related issues or just general things that keep cropping up. And we just are keep going. It's like it almost doesn't register that it's actually a, ba- a big deal. Yeah, it's like we're not really centered enough. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say anything weird or new agey, but just that we don't have the mindfulness of yeah. of our own bodies and what is healthy and whether that be physically, emotionally, sometimes spiritually, and we just kind of keep going, going, going. And mm-hmm. um, and it, it takes a lot. And maybe that's a cultural thing too. And I imagine, I imagine it probably plays in with every culture. Um, just On some that, level. Yeah, that people just keep going, 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 and sometimes you have things like the depression or, um, or war, or we have a really busy. What I mean now nowadays, everyone is super, super busy and never really stops to be still. Um, even yeah. though I think we probably could do that because we're not in as much of a crisis, maybe. Right. Um, but anyway, it's just really hard to sit back and be like, okay, this is how I feel this is what's healthy. This is what's not yeah. healthy. Um, what can I do? What do I need? Um, yeah. Maybe some people think it's selfish too, to do stuff like that to kind of reflect. Yeah. Or you're just too busy taking care of other people that well, I, you I don't think, stop to consider it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that also comes from, like we were saying earlier, this like kind of cultural uh, pressure, you know, this like teaching that's just so wrong about taking care of others and about not, not uh, elevating yourself, you know, and uh, I don't think what scripture is talking about is like, literally run yourself into the ground until you can't function. Right. For other people, you know, there's like, that's not respectful of the body that God gave you. It's not respectful of the mind and the heart that he gave you. And it's honestly not taking care of the people around you very well. No, it's not. And I think people don't realize that it's not mutually exclusive to take care of yourself and to take care of others. Right. Not one or the other. And there might be some times where that is the case, but it's not if you have a need, whether you need therapy or downtime or just to take a bath or a shower interrupted or to have a nice meal or to go on a date night or to go get a coffee or to sit and have the space to make your, your school plans for the week for your kids. Mm -hmm. Like you, it's not, it's not selfish to have those needs and to ask for help. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. And you know, actually one of the things too about all of this, that just keeps coming to mind is how like it requires a a level of mindfulness because I think a lot of the time for me, I don't even realize when I'm becoming overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. Calvin or by my circumstances. And uh, when I need to say like, no, I'm not reading this book with you right now. I can't right now. I have to. Oh, the guilt with that can 
right? It feels so strong. And the thing is, like, I often operate out of that, that, like, I'm just having to do things. I'm just having to keep going and, like, give, give, give when I'm like, wait a second. No, I can, I can stop. He can wait. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he'll be, he's going to be okay. He needs to learn how to wait, you know, and that's a normal part of life. Like, I need to use the bathroom with the door closed. Like, you know, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be okay. And, you know, I, and I think we can really underestimate how those little things can contribute to depression. A yeah, big, absolutely. big time. And just this, like, huge crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. There's always so much more that can be said. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, please join us in the Tending Lambs Facebook group. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tending Lambs, Instagram at Tending Lambs, and for show notes, our blog, and other gentle parenting resources, check out tendinglambs.com. If you're a fan of this podcast and would like to help us continue creating content, we now have a Patreon. We'd love it if you would consider supporting us through that platform. As a patron, you'll be supporting the podcast, blog, and entire Tending Lambs community. But not only that, you'll receive lots of fun perks as well. Sign up to support us at patreon.com slash tendinglambs. And as always, until next time.